Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is Access, Thrive, Graduate. You can learn more about our firm at CompassEducationStrategies.com. Thanks to all of our listeners who are joining today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this program. If you're listening to a podcast of this program, we also want to thank you for joining in. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. You can also find us on Twitter at The Education Doc. We are very excited about our recent partnership with Foursquare, which is a social geolocation site. And if you're part of the Foursquare community, you'll be able to see our campus-specific tips as you travel to various college prep boarding schools, colleges, and graduate schools throughout the U.S. and pretty soon in Canada as well. Our show today will focus on what college-bound high school students can do this summer. Yes, this summer, which is only a few weeks away. Several months ago, I broadcast a show on summer programming, and that show had more of a general focus for students across the grade levels. As I mentioned then on that program, summer planning starts much earlier than we want to think. It must be a law of Murphy by now because every year I talk with families about the importance of planning early for summer, and invariably each year I get a surge of inquiries about summer programs in April and May. So as I mentioned earlier, many high schools have about two to three weeks remaining in the school year, and if your summer is shaping into a blank slate, don't push the panic button just yet. Joining our show today is Lisa Bleich, who is a college admissions extraordinaire. I met Lisa several months ago, and during last summer, actually, so it's been almost a year. Lisa is the founder of College Bound Mentor. She's a former professor at Whittier College, and she went from Los Angeles to New Jersey, so we'll definitely have to talk about that a little bit when we get into the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa is an alum of Brandeis University and the Harvard B School. So summer is right around the corner, and we want students to feel more prepared and less anxious about college admissions in the fall. For, some, for sophomores, junior year typically brings a jump in academic rigor on top of the increased attention to college visits and test-taking. For juniors who will be seniors next year, you know that the fall will be super busy with college applications on top of your coursework and other senior activities. So we are honored to have Lisa on the show today. We're going to share our top ten list of what college-bound high school students can do this summer to prepare. Before we get started, I want to make sure that our listeners have our contact information. You can listen online. However, if you want to jump in on the conversation, please call us. Our number is 714-333-3356. 
And I always say at this point in the show that our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, but I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio, and Lisa is actually in New Jersey, so the wonders of technology are in play here. So in addition to our call-in number, you can also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. I will take a short break, just a short music break, and then we will come back with Lisa Blythe to discuss your summer to-do list for college-bound high school students as soon as we return. So just a few seconds. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis, and I'm back now to talk with Leisha Bleich, who is the founder of College Bound Mentor. So it should be Bleich. I think I may have said Bleich again. That's okay. So Leisha, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Pamela. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, Lisa, what town are you in New Jersey? I'm in Westfield, New Jersey, which is sort of north-central New Jersey, about 45 minutes outside of New York City. Oh, really? I didn't realize you were that far north in New Jersey. Okay, awesome. Jersey is one of the few states that I travel to, and I can never figure out my orientation for which direction is which. I often get lost in those small towns. And it just seems so woodsy. It's like there are trees everywhere, but yeah, there it's a beautiful are. Right state. Now, right there, it's quite pretty, so it's a good time yeah. of year. So, Lisa, I know the great work that you're doing from your office in New Jersey. Could you just please share a little bit with our listeners about your firm before we get started? Definitely. Um, so I'm a, a president and founder of College Bound Mentor, and I moved from Los Angeles, actually, to New Jersey about seven years ago. And in Los Angeles, as you mentioned, I was teaching marketing and management at Whittier College. And when I came to New Jersey, I found that everybody was very um, stressed out about the college application process. So Mm -hmm. I started College Bound Mentor to really try to help minimize the stress and help students kind of navigate through the system and really understand their strengths and weaknesses and develop a personal plan for success so that they could be successful in the college application process. And I've been doing mm-hmm. this now for seven years, and I love it. And I've worked with um, hundreds of students now on helping them find their success. And I have uh, two uh, associates that work with me as well. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. And i also share for our listeners that you've been a mentor for me as well, <laughs> a business mentor, which has been great. Um, yes, but some great of our listeners just that. have, huh, what's that? I said it's great to be able to do that and to share with other people. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> so that our listeners just have a little background about our list, um, Lisa and I met a few weeks ago, and as we were talking about our practices, we both discovered that you know many families of juniors especially were still trying to figure out their summer plans. And so what we wanted to do was present some timely, practical suggestions um, for families. And I'm a big fan of David Letterman uh, and his top ten list. So these won't be as funny as his list, so don't get too excited. But we'll present the list pretty much a la Dave by starting with number ten, and we'll expand a bit on each one. So this list will be really helpful. It can be helpful for sophomores as well as juniors, especially as they're thinking about what to do this summer and really how to get in gear. So, Lisa, why don't you start us off with number 10 uh, on our list? What was number 10 on our list? 
I would say number 10 on the list is to relax. Uh, as you had mentioned earlier, fresh uh, sophomores and juniors really have a difficult year, particularly juniors, and there's a lot that they have to sort of step into. So as sophomores, they've got to get gear up for junior year, and as uh, rising seniors, they have to gear up for the application process. So it would be great mm -hmm. to take a week or two to relax, just kind of chill out after finals um, and gear up for the, the rest of the summer. Yeah, and especially getting geared up um, for the fall as well. Because the other thing, I know that a lot of students get um, start with their sports practices as early as the first exactly. week of August. And right, sometimes, and sometimes don't even you know, have a break for, from their yeah. sports, particularly if they're playing club. So it's always good exactly. to just kind of get in some downtime. You know, not too much yeah. downtime, but enough downtime so that you can get recharged. I think that's exactly. Important. Yeah, highly, highly recommended and worthwhile. And so number nine on our list is travel. Right, travel. which kind of you goes along yeah. with the relaxation. I think it's great mm -hmm. for students if they can to travel um, either on a family vacation or to just if they are able to participate in some programs where they can travel, whether it be out of the country or even to other parts of the country, just to kind of get a sense of what it's like outside of their own backyard. I think that's a really important thing yeah. to broad start. To that. The other thing, too, that I would add to the travel piece is if students may consider doing a travel journal and journaling some of the travel that they're doing because that way it will keep fresh in their mind some of the things that they did, maybe some turning points, if you will, or some uh, rev revelations that they may have had you know, during their travel. Doing some journaling certainly yeah, helps with idea. that. That's yeah. a great idea keep it fresh. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, in terms of the travel, um, it's always just good to, to jot ideas down, as you said, or epiphanies or sort of different points of view. Mm-hmm. Number eight on our list, number eight was to get a job or an internship. Exactly. And so that's, that's yeah. really important. And I think that when, you know, when we were growing up at Pretty much that's what we did. We got a job. That was sort of the typical thing to do. And I think that sometimes students take that um, for granted. But that's a wonderful way to show responsibility. It's a great way to learn how to interact with all different sorts of people, interact with the boss, interact with the customers, depending on what the job is. Now, I know that a lot of uh, jobs are in short supply for teens, but there are still a number of seasonal jobs that rely on teens, such as ice cream stores, host and hostesses, busboys, camp counselors, lifeguards, babysitting. Mm -hmm. You know, sports instructors, yeah. you know, looking at your local supermarket, they always are hiring people to stock boxes and do things like that. Um, if there's new right. stores opening up in your town, that's usually a good place to start. And even if you're just going through the process of applying and maybe not even getting the job, but you never know. Like I know my daughter applied for a job last summer and didn't get hired until before Christmas. So sometimes <laughs> it's good to just get it in there so that you're you're ready to go. And just wow. like you have to do when you're an adult, you have to follow up. So once you put the application in, it's not enough to just do that, but it's a really mm -hmm. good idea to follow up with an in-person visit or a phone call so that the, the, so that the employer knows that you are really um, interested and uh, available. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, you know, I thought about this when you just mentioned about the follow-up. To get my first uh, job, this was when I was a senior in high school, and I ended up working there through the summer as well. I actually, mm -hmm. my mother would go to the grocery store 
each day, and so I would fill out an application each day. <laughs> and so when the manager <laughs> of that store called me, he said, I had you. so many applications for you. <laughs> I thought I should at least call. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, and the other thing is if you can't get a job, um, summer's mm-hmm. a great time to try to shadow a professional, um, particularly yeah. if, if a student is interested in going into one of the pre-professional um, areas like exactly. um, physical therapy or medicine mm-hmm. or engineering. Oftentimes they're going to ask on the application, why do you want to do this or what experience do you have? And most high schools aren't going to have experience, but if they've shadowed somebody in that profession, they could see if it's something they could see themselves doing and talk to that person about what their experience was, what was their path to getting where they are. Exactly, and And I think you bring up a good point by mentioning that because not all jobs have to be paid necessarily. Some of the unpaid jobs can be real gems as well. Right. Yeah. And I guess that gets to our 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 next to, uh, number seven on our list, which is to volunteer. Um, yeah. To get into the community. Um, a lot of kids will often say to me, "Look, I'm so busy during the year. I really want to do some community service, but I just don't have the time." So mm-hmm. summer is a great way for um, for students to get involved in their community to volunteer. And if they're not being paid, then usually people are more apt to to say, "Yeah, that's a great idea. We'd love to have you do that." Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, of course, some formal programs where you can pay mm-hmm. to go and volunteer, and these are usually typically programs that combine travel, maybe a cultural um, immersion program. The service learning program. opportunities. Exactly, yeah. service learning opportunity. But if you don't have the money and you and you don't want to do that or you can't do that or they're filled up, you know, there's so many ways to volunteer. Uh, you could look at a local animal shelter, a food bank, a homeless shelter, mm-hmm. soup kitchen. Look at if you're interested in politics, go to the local uh, congressman's office. Um, if you're interested in the mm-hmm. environment, look at the Sierra Club or go to one of those places. If you like to build, uh, if you're over 16, you could look at Habitat for Humanity and maybe join on a build. Uh, many right. churches and synagogues have opportunities for volunteerism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, just as you're mentioning that and just the plethora of activities there are or opportunities to volunteer, there is a website, I think it's called Volunteer Match, if I'm not mistaken, and yes. they have a database that's organized by state and town, oh, and so great, you can actually great. go in and see a certain mile radius of all the different volunteer opportunities, and I know that a number of local papers sometimes may list yes. different volunteer opportunities, Absolutely. so whether they're at Red Cross, you know, doing something in the way of lifeguarding or mm-hmm other types of places, um, nonprofit organizations that have opportunities, that may be a great starting point. Yeah, that's a so wonderful it, idea. And even and then if you go there, typically those different agency websites have a volunteer section where you could fill out a form yeah. and they give you the they information do. on how to do it. So it's, it's, it's always good to kind of think about what you like to do, you know, and not yeah. to volunteer just for the sake of volunteering, but you know, mm-hmm. if you if you like to do something, if you like animals or you like music, is there a way you can take that talent and share it with the community? That's another great way to get right. out involved here. Definitely. So number six on our list, number six on our list was to finalize your list of colleges by doing some visits, some campus Absolutely. visits. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's it. And you know, it's always best if you can to go when the kids are on, on campus when school's in session. But mm-hmm. not everyone has the time to do it, and it's so summer is a great time to go visit them. And a lot of colleges start in the end of August, 
So if you have, if you are at a southern school and you start, you know, after Labor Day, you can visit. That's a really great time to visit schools because you'll actually see oh, the orientation or the new students coming on. And if you have to go during the summer, then go during the summer. Some schools have summer sessions, so you'll still get to meet some of the mm-hmm. students and you'll get a good sense of what the school is like, the environment. Because as you know, when you visit the school, it makes such a difference than when you're just reading it about does. the book. It's that it vibe, you know, do you get that vibe and do you feel it? And, and that, as you said, will help finalize the list because then you'll really be able to know if you want to apply to that school or not. And it will also help with that, you know, that forever question, why X college? You know, why do you want to come yes. to our school? If you exactly. haven't visited the school, it's kind of hard to identify in a specific way why you're interested in visiting or applying to a specific school. Okay. So, Lisa, let's take a quick break here, uh, and then we'll continue our discussion in just a few seconds, okay? Okay. A quick break. This is the Education Doctor radio show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis, and I'm back now with my guest, Lisa Bleich, founder of College Bound Mentor. We're counting down our top ten list of how college-bound high school students can prepare this summer. And right before our break, we had shared our top or, I guess, bottom five of the list, and now we're going to share the top five on the list. And so, Lisa, share with us number five on the list that we have. The number five on the list, Pamela, is to hone your talent. And so Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, what the student is, it could be a sports talent, it could be art, it could be drama, music, voice, dance, you know, whatever that talent is. Uh, you really want to work on honing that, and you could do that in a number of ways. So sports, if you're particularly if you're thinking about being a recruited athlete, summer is the time when many uh, colleges have sports showcases, and that's really important exactly. to go to so you can be seen by coaches or go to those sports camps at specific colleges. Um, there's a mm-hmm. number of art portfolio programs that you can do over the summer or to yeah. classes. just get that done because that t- if you are using that as part of your application to um, submit a portfolio, it takes a lot of time to put that together. Oh, so summer is a great time to to work on that. Same if you're going to be doing an audition, you want to work on your your audition piece, whatever it, whether it be music, dance, uh, mm-hmm. theater, or voice. So that's a great time to just take that extra time and delve deeper into those things. Yeah, those are great. Those are great. And I especially like, you know, just mentioning about the sports piece in terms of getting uh, some exposure to some of the college coaches if you are thinking about playing at the collegiate level. Let's move on to number four, Lisa. I know okay. we're getting down pretty we're close to We're getting down to the wire. Yeah. So number yeah. four is to develop leadership skills. And that's yeah. another area where you can, you know, if you have the opportunity to be a camp counselor, those are great ways to develop leadership skills. Working, as we talked about earlier, are great to do with leadership skills. If you're mm-hmm. planning on being an officer in a club next year or captain of a team, you know, just sort of think through what you might want to do as a leader and accomplish in that club. Summer's a good time to sort of mm-hmm. think about that a little bit more when you have the time. So that's yeah. good thing to do. And then there are a few leadership, formal leadership programs as yes, well absolutely. that also provide some of that experience for students in terms of developing their skills further. Mind you, many of these programs sometimes have pretty early deadlines, and so it may be um, a challenge to find one. 
at this late date, but certainly there are those types of programs out there. And one of the key things I think is very helpful with them is helping to build confidence as well. Yeah. Um, right. And so that's of great value as you're going through the admissions process, getting a sense for who you are and what you bring to the colleges is important. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so number three. Number three on our list is to read. <laughs> and that seems like a simple thing to do, but uh, it doesn't seem like every, as many people read as they can. So whether it be a book, a Kindle, or a yeah. Nook, whatever it is, pick it up. Um, and what's great about the summer is you could read whatever you want. It doesn't have to be mm. something that's been assigned. Yeah. It, could be, you know, it could be a novel. It could be nonfiction. It could be anything that you have an mm-hmm. interest in. And yeah. I think it helps in a number of ways. So as a junior, it's going to help because inevitably many colleges will ask, you know, one of the a popular questions is if you had a book to recommend for the first-year class, what would it be and why? So you want to be able to write about something that you actually really enjoy, that you're really passionate exactly. about. Exactly. Uh, when you yeah. go on interviews, they will often ask you, well, what's the last book that you read, not for class? And some some applications actually ask you to list all the books that you've read or reading material. Exactly. Yeah, So they do. it's great to just use the summer to do that. And then for the best way to study for the SATs for the ju- for the rising juniors is to read, <laughs> to build yeah. your vocabulary. It seems How sort of, you know, it's a, I think it's a much more pleasurable way to build vocabulary than to study flashcards, but that's just me. Um, yeah, and I always put out an <laughs> annual reading list. So um, if you check back in a couple of weeks on my website, I will have a link to my uh, my annual summer reading. Right. And I know it's probably not too popular sometimes with teens um, to use their local library, but the Absolutely. local library sometimes has reading lists there by grade level Absolutely, and various reading programs that are a lot of fun. You know, some they of the are. scavenger hunts or money. You can get like a little gift card or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Money. Yeah. So. My kids usually rack up on <laughs> gift cards for exactly. those reading yeah. clubs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's easy. It doesn't cost anything, and you can pretty much do it. And if you're not a reader, then listen to a book on tape. You know, when you're when you're put it, downloaded onto your iPod and or MP3 player, and just uh, get the information that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The other thing about reading, which is so great, is that it not only helps with the applications and having something to write about on your essays, but it helps academically as well. Oh, I know I've yep. probably sound like a broken record sharing <laughs> this, but because I've mentioned it so many times. But one of the things that the research has shown about reading is that can save you a month or two um, in terms of the learning that you will that you will still maintain once you start school in the fall. And so it's really important to do some kind of reading. And I know a lot of students, I cringe when they say this, but they'll say they don't like reading. And I'm just like, oh, please don't say that. And certainly don't well, write I that down anywhere. <laughs> Also, a matter of just finding reading that appeals to you. I mean, there's yeah, so many you enjoy. books that you can read that you know some people don't like fiction, but they might like something about um, you know business or something about sports right. or you know something that's related to something they have an interest in. Exactly, exactly. The other thing too is I know that a number of high schools also may publish a list of reading materials in some colleges. I think Harvard does publish a list as well about what their professors are reading. Or you can look at what 
You can, and I think those are good for those that like to read. But even if you don't, if you don't like to read, Mm -hmm. that might be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, that's true too. Pick (laughs) pick something that's easy. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. Just just find something that that sparks your interest. Exactly. Um, Which kind of leads us into our next one. Yeah. Yeah. So number two on our list is pursue your intellectual curiosity. What are some ways the students could do that? Well, you know, I, I often I always will ask a student, like, what is it that interests you? Is there a subject or is there something maybe even outside of school that you really have an interest in? And so mm-hmm. the summer is a great time to delve into uh, to, to delve into a program. There's a number of pre-college programs that students can do. Right. Many of those are probably sold, but sometimes not. And those range anywhere from, you know, doing something on engineering or pre-med, creative writing, visual arts. Uh, mm-hmm. video gaming, you know, whatever your interest is, it's a way for right. you to pursue that in, and also get a sense of what it's like to live on a college campus. But if you don't mm-hmm. want to go away uh, or you can't afford to go on one of those programs, there are a number of ways you can try to see if you could work in a local lab if science is something that you're interested in. Right. Uh, if you want, if you're interested in just something, watch a documentary on the subject or mm-hmm. or just find a way to kind of delve into that interest of yours in a way that is not necessarily school-related, but just something that you actually have a passion for. Exactly. And I think that's what's important because, again, colleges want to see that you're engaged mm-hmm. in an intellectual way and that you could talk about something right. in a way that is um, outside of what you – just a standard textbook answer. Exactly. So I think we might need a, a little music or something to play for our last one. That's right. But that's here that's is that. number one on our list. Number one is Lisa to drum work roll. on your application for college and get that's a lot of right. that done over the summer. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as those of you who just finished or just finishing junior year can attest, it's a really busy time. And senior year, unfortunately, doesn't necessarily get any easier. It just has the now the added stress of doing your applications. So as much as you can get done over the summer, uh, you will just have a big relief and a lot less stress when you go into fall. Year, fall. So exactly. what can you do? So you can work on your essay. Many mm-hmm. um, The common application doesn't go live until August 1st, but you can download a copy of the application and get a sense of what the essay questions are. So you could start to brainstorm, uh, talk to, you know, call a friend or somebody that you feel comfortable discussing with and just talk out loud about different things that have impacted your life or made you, uh, motivated you to act the way that you act or driven you to a certain uh, way that you perceive the world. And try to come up with a topic that makes sense and start working on that. Recognize that essay will take a lot of revision and it's not something you're going to write the night before. So if exactly. you have the summer, you can really get a lot of that done. Um, right. You can also work so, on Lisa, I'm just done. we just got our cue that we only oh, have a we? few oh, no. seconds left. And so I am just going to wrap up the show. Also to any juniors in the local Dayton area, I'm doing a college application and essay session so that you can work on your essays during that week of June 13th through the 16th. But Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us, and we'll, I'll make sure that we post on our site your contact information, a link to your site, so that students can reach you. We have some great shows coming up. We'll continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical. Thanks so much for joining, and please listen to our special announcement for the Education Doctor radio show. <laughs> 